thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello everybody, welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me as always, Alex Collins. Thanks, Ryan. So we hope 2020 is starting off great for everybody. We were chatting the other day and, you know, there's a couple things that we wanted to make sure we, we bring up in the podcast. For one, uh, for those of you who are returning and, and listening to our podcasts um, every every week that they come out, we appreciate that. We've gotten some feedback on them and uh, supposedly they're actually valuable, Alex. So there's something that we're doing that's right. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, the second part to that is, um, for those of you who are new, this is a podcast all for naturopaths, and it's all about how do you simplify your finances so you can focus on being a naturopath and building the practice and helping your patients to the best of your capacity. So that's what this is all about. Visit us at holistic-finance.com, um, and you can go to our podcast page there. And that will have a, actually, there's a question on the bottom there. So if you have any information for the podcast you want to you wanna give us, or if you have a question that you want us to chat about, go there. That's also where, if you want to answer the question of the day, which we'll ask at the end of the podcast, go ahead and put it in there. So, yeah, we want to make sure we bring that up. If you're getting value out of this, please, please, please share it, right? I guarantee you, if you got something value out of it, you've got friends out there that, probably have been thinking the same thing you are. Well, and we'd love to hear what, what it is that drove the value for you. So wanted to put that, that in there. Today's podcast, you know, we've got uh, an ebook on our, on our website and it's called the uh, seven biggest financial mistakes. And we thought for today's podcast, we would do a two-parter series, um, just kind of high level discussing these mistakes. And so that's where we're going to begin. You can go and download the ebook. Um, at quantifiedfinancial.com. Uh, it's on our homepage. You do have to scroll just a tad bit to go ahead and fill it out, fill out some basic information, and you'll receive uh, the ebook uh, via email. Yep. It's just a name and, and, and your email address so you can actually get the ebook. We promise you this isn't going to turn into big spam. That's not our goal on this. Uh, so just a heads up for you there. So let, let's dive right in here. So Alex and I built this ebook mainly from as we're talking to naturopaths and we're discussing their finances with them, these are the seven things that really most of our clients have come back and said, you know what, that was a huge value add that I had never thought about. And these are the top seven that really recharacterized, reconstructed my financial picture. Yeah, the first one is not having a philosophy or a strategy. And this might sound a, a little bit kind of out there, but really what we're trying to do is make sure that we have one idea and concept. We want it to be short. We want it to be concise. And we want it to be able to to use this to run all of our financial ideas and concepts by. So like, okay, when we're trying to make financial decisions what's our philosophy and does that agree with our philosophy? If the answer is yes, we should do it. If the answer is no, we shouldn't. 
Yeah, we, we've done a podcast on this uh, prior. Uh, what we mean by philosophy is, you know, as a naturopath, as we've spoken to many of you, it's all about building your practice and, and helping your patients. And so when you're building your practice, when the money's coming in the door, which we understand money's taboo topic, right? But in the end, the money or the cash flow that your practice is, is bringing in the door not only provides you your life or lifestyle and what you want to build, but also is protecting and helping your patients' lives. And so the philosophy that we're talking about here is, yeah, I'll give you one as, as an example. It doesn't have to be yours, but just to, as an example for one. The philosophy might be, how does this decision today that I'm making on this financial area affect my practice in the goal that I have for 2020? Or the goal that I have, my big vision that I've got for my practice. And so the, the philosophy or the strategy might be, uh, I want to grow my practice by helping an additional 20 patients a month. Okay, great. Now we can run financial decisions by that philosophy and that goal and that, that strategy of, okay, will this help us see more patients, help more folks, things of that nature? If the answer is yes, you know, now we move the idea on. Now we need to figure out like, okay, can we fund it? How do we fund it? Like other types of details, but it at least passes the first step of this fits into the overall philosophy and the overall strategy of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, the strategy that we keep bringing up, the strategic aspect is looking at your finances holistically. So oftentimes when we're having this conversation with a naturopath, it's all about, well, I've got this student loan debt, so let me just check a money at that. Or I need to do X for my practice, so let me just check a money at that. I need to have set up a retirement account, so let me check a money at that. And these are all siloed decisions, not looking at the, the bigger picture and the holistic picture of your finances. That's the strategic point that we're talking about. Yeah, those are all tactics. Those are all individual decisions, and it doesn't take a step back and look at the big picture. So that's mistake number one. We have a podcast all on that. So make sure you, you look at the rest of our podcast if you want more information on the, on the philosophy and strategy aspect. Uh, mistake number two, uh, we, another podcast we've done, and, and it's not protecting your cash flow or your income, right? Again, back to what you're trying to build. You're trying to build a practice or join a practice to help the patients. What? that practice is also providing you cash flow and income for you to live your life. So for the protection of yourself and your patients, the question is how much of your income or cash flow have you protected in your practice? Yeah. How many, think about it a different way. How much money have you spent building your knowledge and your ability to go out and help people? Heaven forbid something were to take away your income what happens next? So we want to make sure that we're protecting our cash flow so that you can continue helping folks and make sure that you're being rewarded for all of the hard work, effort, and money that you put into building the knowledge that you have. Definitely go back and, and listen to the podcast we have about this just to, to obviously protecting your income. There's so many things out there, Alex, to protect your income from. And so in, in the podcast, you'll hear this, and I'll just state it again. We always say protect from worse threats first. 
right? So what could come after your income and really drastically, completely rearrange your lifestyle, right? This tends to be getting sick or injured and not being able to work to the same, the full capacity or at all. Uh, this is, you know, dying prematurely. This is not having your estate planning documents in order. This is lawsuits, medical insurance, right? The, those are the worst threats. And yes, there's other threats out there, but those threats that I just listened to, like imagine getting a pay cut of 50% for the rest of your life. How would that affect you? Not many people that I've asked that question to has ever said, uh, I think I'll be just fine. Like most of us are using every single dollar. So that's my, my piece on that. So let's, let's move on to number three, Alex. Sure. Number three is not having a budget. And what we're talking about here is like, we're not asking everyone to become just like me and build out Excel spreadsheets and dive into the details of this stuff. I spent X dollars at Starbucks last month. Yeah. I don't even do that. Oh, okay. I figured you would. <laughs> and at the same time, without having a budget, when we say the word budget, it has this massive negative connotation. And when Ryan and I use the term budget, we try and use it in a way that actually frees us up. And so what we need to do is get an understanding of, okay, what's coming in the door? What are our requirements going out the door? How much should we be setting aside to protect our income and to build wealth? And then that really frees us up for everything else that's left over. Now we can identify what we want to do with that. Whether that's paying down student loans early, whether that's building more of our practice, whether that's enjoying a trip with our family, whatever it is, you know, that, those extra dollars are now freed up and we can have a lot more flexibility with them. We, we don't have to have the guilt of, oh, I'm not doing this. It's, it's, it's really saying, let's figure out how much money I've got on a monthly basis that I can do whatever the heck I want with. Absolutely. Like that's really it. And there's two sides of this. How much do I need to pay my bills? How much do I need to live my life in the future? And then the rest of the money, let's live my life right now. Let's, let's have fun with it. Let's go to Belize next month, right? Let, let's build that in and let's enjoy it from a, from a fun budgeting exercise of how much money I get to spend rather than looking at it from how much money can't I spend. Exactly. What we've found when we go through this exercise with people is they find that they're, they're not using their money towards, towards their philosophies, towards what the things that they're passionate about. And it's, they almost, they, they start feeling bad because they feel like they've wasted money. And it's not about that. It, it's we've already made the deci- those decisions. We can't go back and unmake those decisions. What we can do is we can be cognizant of where our dollars are going and then intentionally deciding where we want them to go in the future. And that can be an incredibly empowering and an incredibly freeing exercise to, to go through. So when we talk about budgeting, we're talking about empowering people and giving them the freedom to be able to spend money in, a, in the way that they want. And the other thing is, is actually just knowing what you're spending. I think a lot of us, I mean, I fall into this, this bucket sometimes where 
I have a month and I spent all of it. And then all of a sudden I get my credit card bill at the end of the month. And I said, and I look at my wife and I go, well, we spent how much this month? Where did it go? Right. So it's, it, again, that's what we're talking about from a budgeting aspect, actually knowing where your dollars are going. Yeah. We don't want to take the ostrich approach. Well, no, no we don't. I was going to make a joke, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So, <laughs> all right. So the last mistake that we'll talk about in this episode, this is going to be a two-parter. Um, so mistake number four is focusing on rate of return over your savings rate. And so what what we mean by that is rate of return in terms of like, how much money can I get in return if I invested in this stock, right? How much money is my, how or much real estate or, or real estate, right? Whatever, whatever the investment is. Versus focusing on how much money did I save this year? And our industry has probably done a pretty bad job of really explaining the differences here, as well as really where do we spend our time talking to our clients, right? I, there's this myth out there that all financial advisors, the only thing they do is they help on investments and it's all directed around rate of return. And hopefully you've heard in this podcast, while Alex and I definitely have conversations around investments, that's actually a, a smaller part of what we do. Like the bigger picture is, is a lot, lot more to talk about than just investments. Well, the other component of that, Ryan, is do you have any control over what rate of return someone's investments get? As much as I would love to say yes to that question, the answer is no, I don't. Neither do I. Now, we, can, we, we need to make sure that we identify it and have conversation around wh what is meaningful and, and what is acceptable and what should we get in terms of rates of return. And our industry spends way too much time focused on that because we can have absolutely, we have zero control over what the market does. We can control the magnitude of how much or how little return we get based on how much of our money is in the market, how exposed we are to upside and downside. So we have some amount of control over that stuff, but we really don't have any control over uh, the year-to-year, day-to-day returns that are generated from investments, whether that's stocks, bonds, real estate, any of the financial tools that are out there in terms of investments, we don't have, we have very little direct control over that. Which gets back to something we always say, which is control what you can control. Absolutely. And what we can control is how much we save, what our savings rate is. And we're not going to go through the math. If you want to check the math out, download the the ebook, and you can actually. We've got a chart there that literally shows you the math of how important the savings rate is of a rate of return. But the math doesn't wow anyone, I don't think, for the most part, because I think we all inherently know. Oh, if I save more money, that means I'll have more money later on. Like that's not. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> However, what does the media talk about? Right the sexy thing to talk about is rate of return. So that makes it seem like that's the priority in our financial conversations. Well, and it's sexy whether it's going up or going down. Like media is really just all about trying to capture as many eyeballs as possible. And so things are either going through the roof and you need to listen here or you're gonna miss out, or it's falling through the floor and you gotta listen here to figure out why, like what to do and what the, what, what the appropriate next steps are. And in reality, most of the time, 
if you're talking about an investment, you're talking about something that is a long-term thing that we shouldn't be making a whole lot of changes to. We really want to allow the investments to do what they're going to do over time with as little interference from us as possible. So again, we're not trying to say to bury your head in the sand around this. It's more of having an understanding of what the more important piece is and it's the savings rate versus the rate of return. Yes, you should talk about rate of return. Yes, you should talk about asset allocation. It's just not the only thing to talk about. It's not the most important thing to talk about. 100% right. And then I just want to add this in. I realize that you know, a, a lot of naturopaths, they don't graduate out of college and then start a retirement account because they're starting their medical practice, right? But a, a lot of the naturopaths we have as clients have spouses that have 401ks through work and, and different investments, as well as eventually naturopaths do start the investing aspect, whether it's back in their practice or in the market or real estate or whatever that asset class is. The same philosophy still holds true. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't. Absolutely. What we see is we see a lot of naturopaths wind up focusing on their student loan debt, making sure that they're paying that off, building their practices. And those things absolutely should be focused on. We can't focus on those things to the complete and completely ignore retirement planning. We need to have some of those discussions. And it can't just be blindly throwing dollars at student debt, we have to have a plan in place. And because the debt is so high and because the the desire to build the practice is so great, what oftentimes happens is naturopaths become phenomenal savers on the back end because they already have the good habits, not necessarily out of anything other than necessity, but they become great savers. And then it's just a matter of redirecting those dollars before it becomes lost in the sauce of life. So those are the first four uh, mistakes of uh, the seven biggest financial mistakes that we find. Uh, just as a quick recap, the first one is no philosophy or strategy. Uh, the second one is not protecting your income. Number three, you don't have a budget or you don't know what's really where your money's going on a month to month basis. And then number four, as we just spoke about, focusing on rate of return of our money over our savings rate of our money. So uh, I know we got a question of the day, Alex. Yeah, our question today is, of those four mistakes that Ryan just recapped, which one is the most critical to you? There is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. It's all about where you're at and and kind of where you're at in your progression of, of finances will help dictate the answer to that. But we're curious to, to hear which one of those four mistakes is really pulling at you and making you think like, oh, I need to do something different here. Perfect. So head to our website, check that out. And other than that, uh, next episode will be the last three of these seven financial mistakes. So make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. 
consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-92902. Expiration January.